Joining the guys every Friday is college football historian and Vegas legend Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insiders, CBS Sports, and his own website, BAMSports.net. With over 30 years on Memphis radio, with handicapping and sports talk, here's Bruce Marshall with Bryant and Brett. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you. We're live out here at the Agri Center for the home show of the Mid-South. Make sure you stop by. They'll be out here all weekend. We'll be here till 6 o'clock giving away great prizes, so make sure you stop by and register. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I just saw this on ESPN. Tiger Woods um, had withdraws from the Genesis Invitational, so... Uh, midway through his round in uh, in day two, round two, so not great for Tiger. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Who, who knew in, in less than an hour we'd have two Cornbread oh, Maxwell references? <laughs> well, yes. For all the yes. time remains undefeated. That, that is right. But joining us now from Vegas Insider, CBS Sports, and BAMSports.net, Bruce Marshall joins us now. Bruce, thanks so hey, much Bruce. for joining us. What did you make of that Super Bowl on Sunday? It looked like the 49ers were kind of in control and then never bet against the Chiefs. Here they come and end up coming back. Overtime was fun, and, and they end up hoisting the Lombardi Trophy again. What did you make of what happened on Sunday? Well, that sure felt a lot like that game four years ago, even though it, sure little, it sequenced a bit different because this one got overtime and that one didn't. Uh, but it was, uh, it was, uh, for a 49er fan, just a real gut punch. But you sort of got the feeling as the game went on that the Niners should have probably had a little bigger lead than they did. And they sort of let the Chiefs hang around there. And then uh, late, uh, you know, they gave Mahomes a chance. They, the Niners did a very good job, I thought, for most of the day, keeping Mahomes and that offense in check. But a few key things at the end went against San Francisco. I really think it turned, I mean, there's several points there, the fumbled punt. Well, not really a fumble. I mean, it was a bad punt. Yeah. This is sort of the Chiefs' day when they haven't hit a punt so bad, but the uh, the up man doesn't really see, doesn't expect the ball to be coming in so short, and it hits off his foot. Mm-hmm. The Niners uh, lose possession there. That really was a bad break. But I thought really a key play was the first uh, uh, KC possession of the second half when the home threw that kick, and the Niners are set up in KC territory, up 10-3. They probably should have been ahead by more than that. But if they can go in there, any sort of a score, get it out beyond a touchdown lead, I think they'd be in pretty good shape. But they didn't. And that was Kansas City's defense again stepping up. And the Niners hurt themselves with some penalties. And, of course, that first drive of the game, the turnover there and and by McCaffrey. And then the second drive, they were in position and penalties pushed them back. So it just, uh, you know, all the big points of that game seemed to go against – San Francisco, and that's how it ended up. I will say this, though. In in retrospect, looking at it, um, you know, and the Chiefs and trying to, to gauge where they fit, and I always do this because I'm kind of old now and I remember, and as good as Mahomes is, um, this is not a very exciting team, and that is no knock on Kansas City. I think I've, I respect them more for finding a different way to win this year, but mm-hmm. um, this is not that exciting of a team. They are not nearly as exciting as the Steelers in the 70s or Dallas in the 70s, where they had a lot of big plays left and right. I mean, most of the passes are 8 to 10 yards and short, and then you know Mahomes sort of makes something happen. But everything's taking place within a few yards of the line of scrimmage. Um, it's not all that exciting. It's effective, and they win. That's all that counts. But um, um, it's not all that exciting. 
Mahomes is almost winning being the, the, the crafty right-hander, isn't he? I mm. mean, it, it's, it's not downhill like it even was with Tyreek Hill, but it is very effective, and that's the name of the game. Bruce, I thought a big play was the San Francisco defensive back, and always the second guy gets caught. There was some jawing and maybe a, you know, a punch thrown, and they caught him for the second one. They were about to stop Kansas City for a field goal attempt. That sets them up first down. Kansas City instead gets a touchdown. You know, really poor judgment by San Francisco. Yeah, the penalty is more of a one against the Niners and some crucial ones, and that, that did prove costly there uh, for, for San Francisco. So, uh, I mean, they, they, they can look back on that and really look at it as an opportunity missed. Um, I also think... Steve Wilkes won't. Second- oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of second-guessing about uh, Kyle Shanahan, too. Uh, I, I think if he had to do it over again... I don't, I don't necessarily agree about the overtime thing, because the Chiefs, you know, if they got the ball first, they could have... They could have went for two right then too, uh, if right. they scored. They said they said they would if they got the ball second. They might have done it if they got the ball first and scored, and then you don't you don't have a chance to win the game in the second possession. But I think if if Shannon had to do it again uh, on that fourth and four before Moody's last field goal, which was a good one, that got them ahead by three. You know that still gave Mahomes too much time to at least come back and they, and with Butker the way he was. You know, you're, they're, they're prob- the Niners are probably not going to do any better than get to overtime in that spot. Um, what they really had to do was make sure they had ball in the last play of the game and try to win it there, not give Mahomes a chance. And um, maybe Shanahan, to do it over again, might have gone for it on fourth and four from the 34. I know it sounds kind of radical, but I think at that point, the most important thing was keeping the ball out of Mahomes' hand. And that was the Niners' plan there. They would cut, got that first down and... Uh, Romo's best comments on TV the whole game were, you know, Spagnuolo knows he's got to make something happen here, so he got very aggressive. And I thought uh, Shanahan, you know, maybe should have tried to play call to take advantage of that, but they couldn't quite do it, and that was another big point against the Niners. Bruce, I'm seeing right now on social media our, our buddy Pat Smith down in Birmingham uh, just tweeted that George Klyavkov is uh, now officially out as commissioner of uh, the Pac-2 now. Um, that's yeah. been going on. What uh, took so long? Mostly, yeah, really. What took so long? What do you make of this whole thing going on right now with, with these remaining two teams? And I saw uh, on Twitter the other night, Brett, you'll get a kick out of this, uh, Pac-12 Network was showing a game, I think, between Fresno State and Arizona State, a game that Fresno State won like 49 nothing. No, that, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, Crazy. I know they're not going to have much to show on the Pac-12 Network coming up. No. We heard this is coming with uh, Klavikov, too, and there was, I mean, he's got a buyout due. Uh, so, I mean, how this works out with uh, the, um, uh, the, the exiting schools who's going to have to pay it and all, but, you know, Washington State and Oregon State are not in that bad a shape because they're kind of controlling the finances of the conference right now. Mm-hmm. And um, the Pac-2, uh, you know, is still sort of involved in the uh, in the football playoff, too, although they're not going to get a guaranteed spot. But, you know, they're going to get a mention in there. Um, so, it's you know, we'll see how this goes with the Pac. And I, and I do think, you know, in two years... Uh, we'll see something happen there, and the, the, everything depends in the short term here on this Florida State challenge in the ACC. And I say that because uh, the grant and rights for all these schools and the, the supposed ironclad uh, media rights deals. If Florida State wins, that 
can nullify all that, and then all of a sudden everybody's a free agent. And the Pac-12 could reassemble, and I'm thinking first Stanford and Cal might think enough of this with the ACC, and who knows how this works with the Big Ten well, with all these schools and, the, and there's those in the Big 12. They could reassemble the Pac-12 and do it right within a couple of years. Um, but um, something would have to happen on the media rights front there. Otherwise, they will kind of do something with the Mountain West and maybe uh, add in a, try to pull a couple of American schools, maybe even Memphis, maybe yes, maybe maybe uh, Rice, maybe Tulane. Uh, that's coming down the road within a couple of years. Bruce, we know, except for you know a smattering of spring football news and you know a little bit of PR from now until about well media days it's going to be tough headlines for college football writ large i don't know i don't know anything they can do about it because when they're they're in season when they have the games when we can get to saturday it's bulletproof but the off season is not kind to college football is it no, it isn't. You're right, Brad. It's not. And because all the news, the news isn't about games. I mean, we got games to talk about all fall, you know, and then, and then looking forward to the games starting, you know, about media days. But it's all about backroom stuff now. It's all about the politics. And, and, and you know, last year, the news headlines before the season started got dominated by the conference stuff and the shuffling, especially the Pac 12 stuff last summer. And, all, and, and I think this year, what you're going to see is uh, more talk about, uh, you know, the nil, how that works, and, and, and the portal. I mean, I think I mentioned this to you guys last week when I was in London talking to the guys there overseas who could not make sense of what nil has become in college sports. They just can't wrap their heads around it. It's so absurd what's going on there. So, I mean, most of the news is going to be kind of, uh, yeah, you're right. It's not going to be about the games. And that's a no, college sausage football making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bruce, what do you make of uh, the, I saw, I think, earlier this week, they said that the NCAA is going to rule later uh, this offseason about the use of the uh, technology in college basketball, the uh, the helmet devices and, and tablets on the sidelines, that sort of thing. Uh, we saw the, the trial run in bowl games this year, and it sounds like they're saying that, all of uh, the responses they've got have been extremely positive from teams. Do you expect we see this uh, in the next year or so, and do you think this is what college football needs to be doing? Yeah, probably. Although, you know, if there's a decision to be made, and I don't trust the NCAA to make the right decision, but I, I would no, think this is point. pretty. Yeah, I, I would think this is pretty cut and dried here. I mean, it seems like something they should do and, and follow along with that. Uh, so I, I would, ex- I would expect that, but. Uh, don't doubt me on this. I mean, the NC2A is wondering about its own existence um, and mm-hmm. uh, beyond, you know, beyond the short term here and what's going to happen. I mean, the, the, the basketball really keeps them afloat. They are sort of out of the football business now anyway because they don't control the TV stuff. But uh, they are very worried that, uh, led by the Big Ten and the SEC, they might just say sayonara, we're doing our own thing and try to stop us. <clears throat> you know, so that's what the NC2A is most worried about to keep some sort of influence on college sports, um, but uh, they might be fighting a losing battle. Bruce, a program you know well and you followed all your life. Were you surprised the move UCLA made in replacing Chip Kelly? little bit, um, although, you know, short term, there's a couple of things going on at UCLA. One, I think they could sign Foster for a little less money than some of the other coaches who might have been on, the, on their radar screen. Two, 
a lot of the assistants. So, you know, assistants are more, a lot of them are on one-year deals, but some of them aren't. Um, but they can keep most of Chip's staff in place because Foster was on staff last year, and then he went to the Raiders in you know, January there. So they don't have to worry about any buyouts for staff. It wouldn't have been every assistant, but it would be some of them. So there was a cost factor to it. And I think they just rolled the dice here, and, and the timing was really rough for UCLA. Um, and, yeah. you know, it was important for them. One of the factors was short-term to try to keep as much of this roster in place uh, and not hit the portal. And the players apparently re- reacted overjoyed. Uh, very popular guy, Foster. So, I mean, th- these little things, uh, you know, just because the timing meant a lot for UCLA. And then they're really rolling the dice that Foster's going to be able to to uh, assemble uh, something uh, to to win there because eventually that's going to happen. So they they took care of these short term things, but now the the hard the hard stuff begins for Foster, and, and and we'll see. He has never been a head coach. He's never been a coordinator. That is not necessarily a bad thing. The last time though, UCLA was in this spot where the timing was so bad was in '76 when uh, Dick Vermeil in February '76 left uh, to go coach the Eagles right on the eve of uh, signing day. And uh, J.D. Morgan had very little option other than to promote uh, from within, and he promoted Terry Donahue. Uh, and that turned out to be fortuitous for UCLA. So they're hoping the same thing, lightning strikes twice here with Deshaun Foster, but uh, we'll just have to hold on, and this move to the Big, tw- uh, Big Ten makes things a little more tricky, but uh, we'll see what happens. That's a great comparison because Terry Donahue was a popular Former player had played for Tommy Prothero and right. played in a very famous game here at now Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium against Tennessee. Yep, and I talked to Donahue, coach, about that before he passed uh, several years before, and they still were bitter about that game. <laughs> uh, I talked to Gary B. Tommy Prothero, bla- bl- he, he blasted his hometown. He said he was he was embarrassed to be from Memphis. <laughs> A southerner, yeah. Shane be a southerner. Got Gary Beaven. Yeah. So I talked to him many years ago about it, and he's still bitter about it, too. So uh, that's true. And uh, Donahue had been on staff. He came back in 71 when Pepper Rogers came back after Pro Bowl uh-huh. went to the Rams. This, and, this is uh, all Donahue Memphis story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. There's a lot of Memphis there. And Pepper, of course, was Memphis, too, with the showboats and all. But yeah. um, he had gone, Pepper had been on UCLA staff, and Donahue went. To uh, after he graduated, went to Kansas with Pepper, was on staff there. When Pepper came back to Westwood, he brought Donahue with him. Donahue stayed for a meal um, and then uh, got the call, and that worked out for 20 years uh, to the benefit of UCLA. Bruce, we like to hand out free advice. What advice would you give for in five years, five years, he, he teased us yesterday that he was leaving as commissioner of baseball, but it's for five more years, to the next commissioner of baseball, what would you tell them they need to do first? Um, uh, oh, after yeah, after uh, Manfred. Well, I don't like really like uh, Manfred. I think he in- inadvertently came in, fell into a couple of things that seemed to work okay. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. don't do anything more to speed up the game. Uh, it doesn't. I, I've talked to people who think it maybe is going too fast now uh, mm-hmm. with the clock and all that. Don't worry about. Um, you know, the TV aspect of it so much. Baseball is pretty much fine as it is, but they're tinkering with it a little much here now. And I know short-term they thought it was okay last year, but I thought there were some other factors last year that, uh, that um, uh, and, and some teams that, uh, you, know, you, know, you know, showed up in races and things and made it a little bit more interesting. The bottom line, though, is, I mean, they're, 
is in, in baseball, if you, you know, this, the, the disparity between, uh, you know, the, what, what teams are spending, that's just not healthy. Um, yeah. Where the Dodgers can have this sort of a payroll and the Mets, well, the Mets. I mean, it shows you the Mets did it and it didn't work out for them. But something is amiss there, and um, and I don't know that they. Uh, the, the, the the only solution I would think might be something. And I don't. Get, good luck getting the teams to think this. But all of the TV money, even and a lot of it's negotiated team by team, uh, maybe should be just part of an aggregate, and. Mm. Um, it's not just the Dodgers' money with their TV deal, and it's not just the Yankees' money with their TV deal. That's MLB's. That's everybody's TV. Now, that would take a lot of arm twisting. I'm not sure legally how they could do it, but that's the difference because the revenue streams are a lot of it is for the regional and local TV and media packages, um, whereas uh, the NFL, you know, they negotiate the whole league nationally like that and the national stuff for baseball is not nearly as lucrative as the local stuff so that's one thing that would be one way to sort of smooth this out a bit dodger fans would hate it but i think eventually they might try to try to at least bring that up i haven't even heard that sort of a proposal put on the table but i i think the new commissioner maybe should think about it yeah Talking to Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insider, CBS Sports, and BAMSports.net. Obviously, with football season behind us, we'll be talking a lot more basketball in the coming weeks. And I don't think we've talked uh, much to you about the Memphis Tigers this year. Of kind of the outside looking in, especially uh, from a handicapping standpoint, this Tiger team, since conference play has started, really struggled lately. They've lost five of their last eight games following that loss last night against North Texas. What do you make of this team this year? Very inconsistent. I mean, uh, about a month ago, uh, you know, I just said, you know, they're in the tournament. They're probably an eight or eight or nine seed, something like that. Right now, I think they're they're on the outside. I know they won those three in a row recently, but that was another setback uh, last night um, at North Texas. Uh, that was a, a bitter loss. And really, you know, aside from like the first half of the Tulane game, um, you know, for the last several weeks, I mean, it's been – since the South Florida loss, there it's really been it's really been not that good, um, yeah. and I you know got to start asking about Penny. I mean, what's you know is he going to get these guys uh, over the hump? I mean, Jones seems to be a really nice portal ad there, but um, for some reason I, I, I'm just watching Memphis here. I think they've just become a little too focused upon him, maybe, and they need some of these other guys to help out a little bit. I mean, Jones has been terrific, but. Um, yeah. And this maybe this goes back on the penny here now because they seem to lose a lot of these close games and they're losing on the road too and they just I started to get concerned when they had all that trouble with Vanderbilt right before Christmas mm-hmm. and that game they won right at the end. Um, so right now they're looking like an NIT team right now unless they turn this thing around down the stretch yep. and it ain't going to be easy. They got a, they got two coming up with Florida Atlantic so they got they have to win those two I think to get back sort of in the. You know, in the good graces of the selection committee, or at least get in the back on the bubble. I'm not even sure they're on the bubble right now. Bruce, I think we're thankfully spared for hosting any NIT games yeah. because that week the NCAA tournament will play yeah. first round here in Memphis, and they'll take over the building about a week out. So we're we're prayerfully uh, going to going to miss <laughs> the NIT. I, I've been to my last NIT game in my life. Mm. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Remember these teams that came from the American. I'm sorry, from CUSA in the American 
you know, North Texas, UAB, they went to the finals of the NIT last year. Of course, oh, yeah. Atlantic went all the way. So they, a lot of the success last year, postseason-wise, CUSA had yeah. a lot of success last year, but it was most of the teams that have moved to the American for this year. Um, and uh, actually, the, the American's kind of interesting. There's a lot of, North Texas is still, you know, pretty formidable. So, um, and, you know, UAB's kind of kind of tricky, too. So, and we know about FAU. So it's, uh, it's going to be a good race down the last few weeks. NIT semifinals and finals will be played at Hinkle yeah. in Indianapolis yeah. this year, Bruce, because yeah. the N- N- NCAA runs it. And, you know, they run everything so well. <laughs> I'm glad they took over the NIT. That's right. Well, that's uh, one. You know, last year it was in Vegas. It was at the Orleans Arena. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I think this is actually any time they play games at Hinkle. They did a few years ago. Remember, the whole tournament was in uh, uh, Indianapolis yeah. in 21. And they played several games at Hinkle. I thought they should have played the final at Hinkle that year. There was no reason to use the Dome because they couldn't let that many yeah. people in. They should have played it at Hinkle, but uh, that's a good thing for the NIT to go to. That is my favorite building to watch hoops. Mm. Mm, that's a good building. Uh, last thing before we let you go, Bruce, anything you like tonight in college basketball? Any games you're uh, looking out for uh, w- without lines yet posted for tomorrow? Yeah. Um, tonight, one, this is in the Atlantic Sun, this, this Queens College, these guys out of Charlotte, oh, yeah. they just got promoted yeah. last year. Uh, they're going. Last year this happened to They're going over like every game. Jacksonville comes in, plays at a little slower pace. But this total is about 150. They went 156 the first time they played. I mean, Queens is blowing past the totals every game. So that might be another uh, over uh, for me and that one for Queens. Uh, on Sunday, uh, there's not many Sunday games this week, but uh, UCLA gets another crack at Utah. Um, Utah's fading here. UCLA is making a move for McCronin. He's got, he's got guards to relax. This is a big revenge game for UCLA. Got smoked by 46 at Salt Lake City last month, but they have been on a run since then. They just sure took have. out Colorado the other night. I think they beat Utah in the rematch. And I'm looking forward to Kentucky-Auburn tomorrow and yeah, Marquette-UConn, two really good games. Uh, Marquette, you know, I mean, UConn's looking really good, but Marquette did beat them two or three last year, and they've won eight in a row. I want to see that one. Marquette's going to be about a seven-and-a-half-point dog. Uh, Kentucky, we'll see, played a little slower pace against Ole Miss, worked pretty well for them the other night, but I'm curious where they're going to put this total against uh, Auburn. These are two teams that like yeah. to get up and down the court and score a lot of points, but that's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, you're right about that. Bruce, where can we find more of you? Yeah, check me out online, VegasInsider.com. All the picks, not a lot tonight, but we do have some college hoops tonight. There's only one NHL game. There's no NBA for a few days with the All-Star break. Uh, but anyway, my picks there, VegasInsider.com, also up at CBS Sportsline, Sportsline.com, and once in a while up there at CBS Sports HQ. Have a great weekend, yeah, Bruce. Bruce. Thanks for joining us. Okay, boys, thank you. Thank you so much. Bruce Marshall with us every Friday. And true or false, Jacksonville's been to a Final Four. Gotta be false. No, it's true. Really? Artist Gilmore and Pembroke Burroughs the third, wow. the star players. They How got to the final it? game against UCLA. Wow, I did not know that. Well, it was a good point by uh, speaking of teams going uh, deep in the tournament. Uh, Bruce brings up those schools from the USA. The American boasts the CBI champion yes. in Charlotte, who's Memphis will see on Wednesday. That's conference pride. The uh, NIT champion in North Texas, and then the uh, a Final Four team in Florida Atlantic. Conference I, of champions, bro. I would amend my NIT stance to go to a game at Hinkle. <laughs> well, that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. I think that 
that would uh, that would change a lot in terms of how I feel about the NIT. And trust me, my thoughts on the NIT well, will be whether Memphis is in it or if Ole Miss is in it. Well, Brett, you got to start you got to start putting money on these NIT games. I think you'll feel a lot different about about your viewpoint will, of the NIT. I, I, I would amend again Second Amendment, <laughs> not that Second Amendment, but this this <laughs> amendment to NIT. If they went back to playing with the red, white, and blue ball mm. like they oh, did. that'd be uh, fun. I would uh, like that. Did they do it two years? I know they did it one year trying mm. to spice up the NIT. I like that. I, like that. I wouldn't be against that. I, I for sure wouldn't be against that. Speaking of spicy, this weekend, if you want to get out and enjoy really good food like that, like that salsa they have at Jason's Deli, that's just some good stuff in the taco salad. All the food at Jason's Deli, all good, bringing more to the table. It's a family thing, all three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They can cater all three of those for you. Five or 5,000, they've got you covered for a variety of delicious choices, low delivery fees, vegetarian gluten-sensitive options, and great locations, one very close to you. Wherever you are, you're not far away from a great Jason Deli location like in Cordova and Olive Branch, Poplar and Highland by the U of M, or at Ridgeway Road across from MUS, healthy first franchise in the nation to be trans-fat-free. It's all about choice at Jason's Deli. Regardless if you seek a gluten-free menu, vegetarian sandwiches, healthy kids' meals, you'll be delighted at Jason's Deli. If you'd like to invent your own, you can via the Build Your Own. Plenty of organic food to choose from off the menu. The the salads like the chicken Caesar, the taco salad with that great salsa, the Big Chef salad, and the salad bar in every location. Over 30 items to choose from for you to prepare it however you would like. And the complimentary ice cream at every location, like at Ridgeway Road, Olive Branch, Cordova, and Poplar Highland over by the U of M. Check them out online as well at jasonsdeli.com. And have a great weekend from everyone at Jason's Deli to you and yours. Well, let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we're heading out to Arkansas. Talk some Razorbacks and SEC with Ty Richardson. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Time to talk Razorbacks on Sports Time. Joining the guys is Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas to talk all things Hogs and SEC. On Twitter X at Ty Sports Radio, here's Ty Richardson with Bryant and Brett. Come on, all you Razorback fans, let's stand up and call those Ty Richardson joins us now from ESPN Arkansas to talk the Razorbacks and the SEC. They're calling the Hogs at Byron Walker today. They're calling the Hogs. They sure are. Uh, Ty, what is the energy like with uh, Arkansas baseball starting today? Man, it's pretty high. They're up two right now. I think it's the top of the ninth inning. Uh, Stepped away for a second to talk with you guys. uh, We're watching it. Yeah, Yeah, we were. Yeah, it's... um, it hasn't gone according to plan. Their ace, Hagan Smith, kind of got shelled initially, 3-0 in the first inning, and then Arkansas bats got going. He got pulled for Will McIntyre. I think it's his first game jitters. Hagan's going to be an All-American type of pitcher this year. He just had a bad outing. And, uh, yeah, uh, four games in Bomb Walker this weekend. SEC baseball back. And college baseball's here, guys. Yeah, and, and Ty, when I ask this, let me let me, let me preface it with, no, not firing anybody, not not 
getting on Dave Van Horn excessively. I said yesterday, two coaches since 1972 with the great Norm DeBryan and the job that DVH has done. And I was in school with him. He was a tough guy. Tough. I mean, he was the, uh, that second baseman. If you went in knees high, you were going to get a forearm right to the chops from him. T- tough guy. But with the state of football and what the basketball season developed into, everybody's putting all the chips in the middle of the table on on Arkansas having a dog pile in the middle of the field in Omaha. If they don't, again, he's not he's not going to be fired. But would a level of criticism get loud enough that he'd go, you, you, you ungrateful so-and-sos, I, I don't need this. Yeah, I, I think he's at a, at a point where he wouldn't move on to another school. He would just retire. Maybe mm-hmm. there would be some, some pushback. That's not really his nature stats, but I think you're right in the sense that Arkansas fans will be disappointed if not just they don't make it to Omaha, but in some people's mind, they and I won a national championship based on how bad the football basketball season was. Now, I went on a rant this morning, 64-94-2024, football, basketball, baseball, just lines up. So, hopefully, it, it ends up coming to fruition. But I, based on, again, the and it wasn't just the, the those two teams. Baseball team got beat bad in the Fayetteville Regional by TCU last year. So, yeah, it's really man. a culmination of not just football and basketball, but how baseball ended last year, Steph and Bryant. Yeah, it, it it was a pretty 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 shoddy uh, exit last year to TCU that ended up not doing it really anything in, in Omaha, and and that's why I say he he needs he needs a dog pile at Omaha. He's got to win there. So following your sixty four ninety four twenty four, if you're right, man, you will be yeah. Nostra Ty Richardson to Mrs. I don't even yeah. know what all that means. You 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 will be the. You'll be the predictor of all time. Now, you know the first call, the first text, the first tweet you're going to get. Oh, so you're saying football's not going to win it again until 2054, huh? Yeah, hey, listen, <laughs> if, we if Arkansas wins in 2054, I'll be as happy as a clam. What does that put me? That puts me at about 60 years old. My I'm age. Yeah, uh, so I was going to say stats. If we win when I'm around your age, I'll be as giddy as a... Little schoolgirl, man. I, I just you got to tell me about it at the pearly gate someday. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in once I uh, once I hit those gates as well. But I, I just, this baseball team has three, like they have three like locked in stars. They pulled in Molina, uh, a kid yeah. from Texas Tech, who was a Friday night guy last year. Brady Tiger's a Mississippi kid. I'm sure there's some Memphis people that know that. Name. Oh yeah. And then, Again, Smith not having a great day today, but he'll be solid in that DC play. So there, there, there is an expectation. Like Kendall Rogers, D one baseball, for example, picked him to win the national championship. So there is some wow. not just some Homer uh, radio Arkansas people like myself, but there are some national people that expect them to finally get that elusive sure. national championship. Sure, sure they do, and and, and that's just where that, that program and it, it's great. Tyler, I want to ask you this question because I don't want anybody to say, "Oh, I bet he doesn't say to you when you're on the air what he said the day before." So yesterday, I I did say this. I think another thing that's really agitating Razorback faithful in baseball is having to look up and see their three biggest rivals as the last three dog piles in Omaha: LSU, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. Do, do you think that aggravates them? Do you think that's a, a source of discord? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, stats, I know the SEC West and East are going away after or this year, and I guess baseball is really the final sport that has it. But, I mean, when you have three SEC West opponents, and LSU's the biggest baseball rival, 
Um, they thoroughly dominated Arkansas for a little more than a decade, and they, Arkansas finally started to even it up a little bit lately. But uh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, Ole Miss was thought to be like pretty boys who couldn't get it done, and they beat you to take mm-hmm. their to take your rifle national championship. They beat you man to man, straight up in that series two. two I say series those games two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arkansas would have shelled Oklahoma in that game, but Ole Miss got that chance, and and and. Give them credit because they finished. Uh, um, they they got it done. So yeah, for for three SEC Western opponents, particularly two, I would say Mississippi State still a rival, but not to the degree of LSU and not even Ole Miss. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's a little frustrating, I think, for fans to to add that on top of everything. I don't think there's any question about it. With baseball starting today, uh, outside of, of Arkansas, how would you rank the the kind of other top teams in the SEC? I know LSU coming off of what they did last year, but you lose Skeens, you lose Cruz. I mean, who are the other dominant teams going to be in this in the SEC this year? Well, Florida and LSU are the two teams SEC-wise projected above Arkansas, at least from a betting odds standpoint, to win the College mm-hmm. World Series. Uh, Wake Forest is, it always seems to be a name that you got to remember. Um, you've got some other SEC opponents like South Carolina. I think Alabama's actually supposed to have a pretty good baseball team this year as well. Um, SEC's just loaded. We always talk about the difficulty of navigating the SEC through through football. Uh, basketball's been really difficult this year. Um, I, yeah. I think we're, we're seeing several teams that have a chance to not just be in sale by tournament teams, but we're seeing some, like an Auburn uh, as a Final Four team. I know Ole Miss has had a much better year than people expected. Uh, but baseball is just a different animal, guys. I, I don't think mm-hmm. there's a sport within the league that has the caliber of players, coaching, and really tradition that we see in SEC baseball year in, year out. I mean, you look at what the national champions last uh, decade and a half, basically. I know football's had a good chunk of them, too, but my goodness gracious, it's unbelievable. It is. It starts with baseball, and here comes Texas and OU this yep. time uh, next year. The After the game, I, I was driving home from the Grizzlies game Wednesday night and caught up with the Razorback game at about the five-minute mark, and there were a couple of things. First of all, I, I, Chuck and Matt are just, just great, but mm-hmm. how quiet the building was. They remarked <laughs> on it after I was driving and thinking about it. But then, and I failed to do this yesterday, Brian, and I wanted to give credit to Eric Musselman. And, and this, this, this is what being a, a, a coach is all about. They suffer that 29-point loss to t- Tennessee. I consciously looked at my clock in my car to see how long it would take for him to get back out there and do post-game because we've had a lot of coaches either very delayed post-game and John Calipari not at all after tough losses. He was out there in six minutes wow. courtside at Bud Walton Arena, and it was uh, it was the prototype of what you should say and how you should act after you lose. He gave all the credit to Tennessee. He took all the blame for his coaching. Unacceptable. This program is too good for this. He said everything you're supposed to say, never blame the refs, never whined, uh, di- didn't, you know, like two minutes and get out of there. He did about seven and a half, eight minutes wow. with them. Heck, we are uh, doing that. After a loss, we all, we're all fine by about – Two and heck, after a win, we're all fine with about four minutes. He did about seven minutes with it. I thought, man, that's that, that, that's a man right there. That's how you should handle it, Ty. Yeah, and it's funny because the the Tennessee opponent is is kind of the, is coincidental with the one that Cal walked out on when Tennessee hung over a hundred on his right. Wildcats yeah, earlier right. this season. I will say, I will say, guys, 
Uh, Mus has not done post games before, so he skipped them as well. And uh, <laughs> that, that I'll give him credit. It's a bad look when you don't. Yeah, it, and it's it's part of your contract. I mean, you you guys That's get right, paid to, to do a radio show, and even if you had a bad day or, or your your basketball, or football, or whoever you cheer for the night before, or the day of got creamed. I don't see you guys pouting. I know they make more money, and at some point that they think that they're above certain aspects of the job. But I mean, fans want to. It's it, everyone. The coaches, the majority of the time, coaches, especially in college, get all the credit when you win, right? All the adulation, all the love, all the praise. But when you lose, you you take all the heat, and it, it's a catch twenty two. You got to take it both. That's just part of the deal. That's why you're making millions it of dollars. They must make a little over four. And uh, unfortunately, this season he's got a lot more uh, criticism, and deservedly so, than than what yeah. he's got in the last three when they've been in three straight Sweet Sixteens and two Elite Eights. Ty, you know how much fun we'd have on four million living in Fayetteville. <laughs> Golly, man! Man, the swimming pool area would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'll say say this: that the uh, Northwest Arkansas uh, housing market has gone up exponentially since you were in school back in the day. Oh, my goodness gracious! Holy cow, man! Oh, it should have been investing in Fayetteville real estate in 1982. (laughs) Oh my. Can you imagine, like, when you graduated, if you had any money whatsoever, and you just put a down payment on a house close to the university? Or, 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 I, I mean, you would be. I, I knew some. I knew some boys from Houston, and and it was it was brothers. It kind of in one fell swoop. They were back to back over about seven years, and they bought a house right there by where Bud Walton Arena is now. The intramural fields were there, and between what they saved paying rent, and then the dad kept it for about. 20 years after that, and the value of it went up, and then to build Bud Walton Arena, they had to buy him out, and they said the check was great. Huh. Yeah, I actually, you, you, you mentioned that, because I actually lived next to Bud Walton in college for a bit, and we would make money off parking, and not just for book, uh, the games at Bud Walton and the uh, football stadium, but the Walmart shareholder meeting, I mean, and this house was a dump, it's old, decrepit, but uh, that location <laughs> was key, and uh, nowadays, it's I mean, anything remotely touching campus is going to cost. I think I may have parked with you one time, Ty. <laughs> what, what's up? I think I parked at your house at graduation one time. <laughs> you, you probably did, man. I probably overcharged you before we knew each other too. <laughs> That's all good. That's great. Well, Ty, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, enjoy the baseball this weekend. We'll do it again next week. All right, guys. Appreciate it, as always having me on. Thank you thanks, so much, Ty. Ty. Have a great one, Ty Richardson, with us every Friday talking. The Razorbacks, and it's been a, a tough year for, for Tyone football and basketball with us. Baseball bringing a little better news today. The fi- Is it a final? Uh, I don't know if it's final yet. I know they were up Six, in the four ninth, in the ninth inning. Let's see. Uh, they will be bundled up this know, weekend. Sure, yeah, final score, 6-4. to four, Arkansas on top in their first one. Does mean no favors. but uh, No, it doesn't. Yeah, JMU will be around in, in – NCAA tournament time. Yeah, I think they will. What too. a good sports year for them. Absolutely. Uh, everybody, let's get down to Highway Highway 78 to Olive Branch. First exit on Highway 78 if you cross into Mississippi. That's Kraft Goodman Road, and you're there at All Star Chevrolet. If you're ready for a new Silverado, All Star Chevy, they've got them financing down to 2.9 for 72 months, or up to five grand cash back. Plus, you make no payments for 90 days. Your good credit deserves it, and you get it. 
at All-Star. You're going to love everything they have down there in this month of love. The new Silverados, Trailblazers, Tahoes, Equinox. You're going to love seeing the All-Star lot and showroom loaded up again like it was pre-COVID. You want pre-owned? Everything you want is right there at All-Star Ram Trucks, Nissan Rogue, Jeeps, a traverse with third-row seating so you can drive and do more together. Coming up for spring break or Easter, what are you going to be driving? You should be driving something from All-Star. College students, healthcare workers, military, teachers, you get an extra $500 bonus with all the other bonuses you get. Everyone at All-Star is ready for spring and ready for you to enjoy, and they have everything you could be looking for at All-Star. Just ask Kevin or Jeff, and they'll find it for you. If it's not on the lot, with all their contacts, they can find it. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, not Bartlett, not Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Come on down to All-Star Chevrolet and Olive Branch today or go to allstarautogroup.com. Let's go ahead and get to a break, and when we come back, uh, it'll be time for Big Number of the Day. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The Big Number of the Day. Well, my big number today, um, I've got a couple big numbers. I've got a couple big numbers. I don't know where I'm going to go. How about this? It's a time, more of, instead of a date, seven 745. 745. Johnny, this, this doesn't have a decimal point in it. It's Not got a, a date. <laughs> it's got a date. 745. AM or PM? Well, this was how much time was remaining gotcha. in a game. Seven minutes, 45 seconds was left in the first quarter, Brett, in the first quarter last night when Caitlin Clark broke the scoring record for women's basketball. And we were saying. We wondered it. Now, women play uh, 10-minute quarters. So I think I said the eight-minute mark. Less than, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, less you did. than you three did. minutes into you the caught. game, she broke the uh, the scoring record. It was it was crazy shot, a three-pointer. Um, that was From kind way of downtown. way downtown. Man, kind of a running really three-pointer. Uh, it, was, it was an incredible shot last night. Uh, scored 28 points in the first half. Um, and then had a career high. I think also the most points scored in that arena last night with 48. So uh, a really, you think really, she turns pro? Oh, absolutely, 100. In, Indiana Fever will probably have her rights. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's going to be uh, unbelievable, and uh, she's already just a incredible, incredible player. Now, the Indiana Fever, they they've won a WNBA title though, haven't they? And I, I don't think that I think really so. increased. In attendance any, but she no, would. She oh, I mean, what, whoever has that first pick, whoever ends up taking her, I mean, they would be um, 
uh, there'd be people there every single night. I mean, they were starting to do the Indiana favor. You, you are a little bit. I'm, <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around that, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> Rob used to, he would quiz me on, on WNBA. I finally I got them all down. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> he, he would. You ready for me? I'm ready. My big number is from last night's Tigers game, and it's why I'm, I'm, I'm not hopping mad over it, and it's this reason. I've, I've got a decimal point, Johnny. It's 57.1. That okay. was the three-point percentage Ooh. for North Texas. Yep. They made 16 threes out of 28. That's 57.1. Now, the counter to this is close out, yeah. close out strong, get a hand in their face. But I, I think a lot of teams get beat at a lot of places on a night the other team shoots 57.1. Sure. You, you run into those games. Now, the Tigers have seemingly had a lot of opportunities mm, yeah. to run into those games. Yes. We can remember at Ole Miss mm-hmm. when, oh, how's Murray hit all those right. three? Oh, Matt, Matt, Matt Morrell only, only gets hot against the Tigers, mm-hmm. you know, from, being from Memphis, well, no, that's not the case. Everybody's kind of lit it up from outside, and you're not going to win a lot of games when you allow 16 yeah. made threes on 28 attempts for 57.1. Man, yeah, I agree with just, that. And yeah, also, I mean, Brett, was just, uh, you was right. The Indiana Fever had won a championship back in 2012. That? <laughs> wow, very good, very good. You were right. WNBA expert. Right. I mean, WNBA NHL expert. WNBA <laughs> expert, incredible. Said nobody ever. No, no, probably not. No, I mean – you look at that game last night, and uh, you know that's the most three pointers that they've taken um, in a game against. I do the WNBA season. game though. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't know if I, if I were in a city. Now, if I'm you know I'm probably in any of those cities. I'm probably on a baseball trip sure, at that time sure. of year or something else. Yeah. But if my baseball game was. Uh, that afternoon, and the team was playing that night. Mm-hmm. I'd go. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Especially uh, like you're when you, on, um, go ahead, Brian. No, go no, go ahead, no, Brian. Uh, go ahead. Especially uh, when you have a, a talent like that coming in, like she, she going to sure. change absolutely. the game for for that league. See a phenom. Yeah, yeah, no, she a phenom. Absolutely, and she's not going to have trouble. Uh, whatever team she goes to, they're not going to have trouble selling tickets. I think uh, great for for uh, the WNBA uh, for sure. But Brett, like you were saying on on this uh, you know three point shooting number, I mean. Just giving up way too many. I, I'm looking back, and you know that's the most three pointers they've taken since early in uh, in November against LSU when they took 32. I mean, this is how bad they lose to LSU. It really went bad. Uh, 66 to 62. Got blasted so, um, by Mississippi State, right? Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, North Mississippi did. State, yeah. 72 to 54. I think they caught State after State had been surprised by Southern. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that was that that stretch of the schedule, and that really right, yeah. kind of woke State up. I, I remember I remembered those games, but you know, I, I'm not you know I was not surprised at that loss last night again. No, when we all. left last night, I didn't do it gleefully. I I said sixty fifty eight mm-hmm. North Texas. I, I was surprised at that many points scored, but when you sure. make that many threes, you're going to get kind of in a, in a rat race game. Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, you know I just think the style of it because I think you know you go back and you, I mean that Auburn. Uh, South Carolina game a couple weeks ago. I mean, mm-hmm. South Carolina was was doing what they could. It was just <laughs> Auburn was knocking down shots, and I think that's different from what we saw the Tigers do last night, where you're just seeing guys wide open. And I think that's oh, where just, people have the biggest problem with it. Uh, almost like you're playing five on four. Yeah. The guys are getting yeah. so wide open. Yeah. So as we've done today, there's plenty of critical analysis, sure. criticism there mm-hmm. for the Tigers, but. To, to pile on and start firing everybody, no, I don't. I don't think it it advances anything, no. and and I don't think it's anything new 
that either I haven't, we haven't, or hadn't already been done today. Let, let's see what happens Sunday. Let's see what happens with the rest of the year. And, and hopefully next year uh, get a, a, a better compilation of players. Mm-hmm. Th- this chemistry has been off. Uh, really from the beginning. No, it, it absolutely has. And so we'll see what the Tigers can do um, on Sunday when they uh, bounce back uh, and, and, and play SMU. Oh, Brett, uh, another big number I'm curious for you. We know uh, Dave told us he's going to be golfing this weekend. Where do you think he shot today? Well, I'd like to know more about this Will Zalatoris course. But I've <laughs> yeah. been with Dave on a golf course, okay. and I'll always go with this kind of number. I'm going to start at in the high 80s. Okay. I'm right. going to go the old proverbial, he broke 90, 89. All right. Hey, I think you break 90. That's a good day. That's a good Can't day wait to go get some scores. I'm going to text yeah, him right now. Absolutely. We need, we need to see a scorecard. That's right. We need to see What are you going with? I'll go. I'll go. Joe Lowen, you're guaranteed to win. That's if, right. If, if, if it's a little better than that. I'll go 86. Why not? <laughs> Johnny, you go 87. Yeah. Dave. yeah, I'm going 87, man. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Well, we need to get to a break. Let me remind you, we're out here at the home show of the Mid-South at the Agri Center. Stop by. They're going to be here all weekend. We're giving out prizes, so make sure you stop by and register. It'll take a couple seconds. Um, we'll be drawing those later this afternoon. They'll be here till 7 p.m. tonight. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, in great prizes. Adults, $10. Seniors, that's 65 and up, $5. Military, you bring your active ID, $5. 16 and under, you get in absolutely free. And our friends over at Family Leisure, they're giving away a free spa to one uh, lucky person that visits the home show this weekend. Well, let's get to a break. When we come back, we're talking Tiger basketball with Jason Munns. <laughs> 